Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. In this episode, my guest is Aaron Stahl, who got his start in the cost recovery business in 2004 at the age of 22 when he started P3 Waste Consulting. After helping numerous clients save money on their waste expenses, the business grew from there to what it is today. Aaron expects revenue to grow to $4 million in 2020. In this episode, we discuss mentoring, how to grow your business the right way, and how to empower your employees to collaborate with each other to run a successful business for you. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for being here today, Aaron. Appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. Good to be here. Appreciate it. And I'd love to jump right into our last conversation. You mentioned that you, one of your passions is mentoring budding entrepreneurs. Can you talk more about how and why you do that? Yeah, I mean, I just, I really like to, to give back where I can. And business is a passion of mine. I've been doing it since I was 21. I'm 38 now. So certainly don't know everything, but I, I think I've got a lot I can share. And it's just fun to, to help people. And I think when I first got started in, in business, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like if everybody starts doing this, there's going to be less opportunity for people like me that um, enjoy this because maybe there'd be more people doing it and more competition would be a bad thing. But I've learned over time that it's the opposite is true. The more people that are involved in business, the more people that are solving problems, creating things, it, it really creates a better world for everybody and more opportunities for entrepreneurs. And so I, I just really enjoy helping people and inspiring people to follow their dreams and and business is something I've done for a while. If someone says that they'd like to help people also, what's what one tip that you, one or two tips as far as if you want to be a good mentor, do X, do Y? I mean, honestly, I think just listening to what they have to say and what their specific problems are and, and figuring out how or if you can help them. And if not, connect them with somebody that, that can. I certainly don't have all the answers, but when I meet somebody, uh, my mind immediately goes to who can I connect this person with that might be able to help them if I can. Like just being in that mindset will allow you to be a good resource for people and a good mentor. Did mentor, was that a big impact on you when you started your business? Because you were at a younger age. Did it, you figure it out on your own and then give back or were people giving back to you when you got started? I don't know. Absolutely. I didn't figure it out on my own. I mean, I uh, had lots of people that helped me, uh, starting with my parents. They were certainly always keen to listen to my crazy ideas and never really told me that I couldn't do anything, even when they were biting their tongue pretty hard with some of the more harebrained ideas. So I think it certainly started there. And then I had a lot of business mentors as well. And I've sought those people out and other people have uh, just reached out to me to help. And then obviously, Lots of podcasts out there like yourself, helping people, books, resources like that. So I think it's it's all mentoring, giving back, and helping really. And if you're you have to be open to that stuff to be successful in my opinion. And one of the things that you've mentioned with your younger career is that you learn to start small and then grow big. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. So when I got started. I was what 22 and I was overly ambitious, like probably a lot of young entrepreneurs. And I started calling on fortune 100 companies thinking that I was going to get in the door to help them save money on their waste expenses, which was what the first category I started with as far as cost reduction was. And needless to say, I didn't get very far. I wanted to just jump in and be a millionaire right off the bat and have a jet and all that cool stuff. And it, life, life doesn't work that way. And, you have to start small and build the business from there and, and 
honestly, it makes for a better story. And that's what I realized over time is like, nobody wants to hear the story about the guy that just started out and had instant success and was a millionaire and didn't have any bumps along the road. They want to hear the story about the guy that starts, um, you know, in his garage and grows the company from there, goes through all these trials and tribulations and eventually becomes successful. And, and, I, and that's really what entrepreneurship is. You're going to face those difficulties, but it makes for a good story. So I always tell people that, um, that I might see that might be thinking a little bit too big for your britches or not, not thinking too big. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, I'd say think big, start small is really where it's at. What were some of the bumps you ran into along the way when you were getting started and how did you overcome them? Well, I mean, my first foray into business was the real estate industry. So I started by building spec houses and partnering with uh, some mentors there that knew what they were doing, but got into that because the market was good, but needless to say, almost got uh, bankrupted there when the market turned south. So that was kind of my first major bump in the road and lesson learned along the way. Uh, So I learned at a young age, when you think you know everything and when things are going really well, that's when you're at your weakest and most dangerous point. You really need to not knock yourself over, patting yourself on the back, take a step back and think about what can I do better? What could, what could go wrong here? What's going right? Just really evaluate it versus thinking, you know, everything. So that was a pretty good lesson to learn at a young age. And I'd say that's, that was a large, a large bump in the road for sure. And one of the bigger lessons that you learned moving up to the later stages is you, you think entrepreneurs, if they want to be a real successful entrepreneur, they should be training people to replace themselves. So eventually their sole job is to guide the company. They could leave for three weeks and the company's still going to run. How did you learn that? I mean, talk more about that. Well, I read, I read a lot of books. I mean, one of the books that resonated with me was Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. Uh, there was another one called the E-Myth and uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, all all those books kind of all collaborated to send the message of what a real business was. And for me, a real business was something that didn't uh, revolve around me. So I didn't really want my name on it. I didn't want, if I got hit by a truck, I wanted the business to be able to run without me. So I really, I really wanted the business if I left for a year to be more profitable when I came back to it. And, And I think that's to me what a business is. And I see so many business owners out there that are slaves to their business and they might be behind the bar uh, or or just doing like a lot of the, the tasks that they don't need to be doing in their particular business restaurant whatever and they don't really have a business in my opinion they have a job and and that's the thing you got to step back work on your business and the only way to really do that is to constantly be offloading the jobs that you're not great great at and focus on what truly is your core competency and that uh, works out good for everybody because it creates more opportunities for people that you can hire Uh, it allows you to be happier in what you do and that resonates down to your employees so i think it's all about trying to train people underneath you grow from there and one of the strategies that i used uh, when i was younger was was honestly just going on vacations so i would I would, it's never a good time to take an extended vacation as a business owner. And it's still that to this day for me, <clears throat> there's always something that can be done, always growth that can be had. But in order to actually see what the weak points in the business are, see where you need to hire people, where you need to improve, you, you really need to step away from the business. When you leave for a week, you come back with a, uh, just a load of work to do. You leave for two weeks, things break and you come back 
to broken things. You leave for three weeks, you, leave, you come back and your employees have fixed those problems for you because you're not around to have answered them. So that, that was kind of an eye-opening experience for me. And it was really good because it allowed the employees to kind of step up, think for themselves. And so they were happy. They're like, look, we solved this problem that might have raised your blood pressure had you been here, but we got it completely taken care of. So you're able to leave, have a potentially major issue happen, and then they solve it while you're gone. And I think that's – when I saw that early on, I was like, this is, this is how a business is supposed to operate. And I was just always focused on, on that. Was that an intentional test or did it just happen that you needed a break and when you came back, it was fixed? No, I mean, I'd read somewhere that kind of exact format, that one week, two week, three week thing where when you leave for more than a couple of weeks, problems that previously would just be on your desk when you get back start to solve themselves. So you obviously have to empower your employees and, and structure the business in a way that that can happen. But it's true. You leave for a while, uh, you're going to find out if you have a real business or if you just have a job. And you've got to be willing to let things break. You obviously don't want the wings and the wheels to completely fall off, but uh, it, it certainly was intentional and it was just, it was neat to actually watch it work out like other people had said. How, how do you make sure the wheels don't come off? Cause I can imagine the first time it's a little bit scary knowing something is happening and you're not there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's uh you know, I don't have kids, but I imagine it's kind of like being a parent in a lot of way. You've just got to step back and let let your employees and just let the business make its own mistakes while keeping a watchful eye on things so it doesn't completely fall off the rails. And that's a fine line that um, I don't really think can be defined. But I think if you just, you know, go on vacation, take a while off and and don't be micromanaging your business, you'll see that kind of work out for you. Are you finding that we, you mentioned collaboration. Are you finding that the, that when you do that, the employees collaborate to solve problems more than they would if you were there to solve them for them? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that's the thing is like, I, I have a tendency to get down in the weeds in business and you know, I don't necessarily think I'm a micromanager, but I imagine some of my employees at times probably have thought I am. And so when you step back and let them do what you hired them to do and you're not there to like, be like, oh, well, I would do it slightly differently, right? They, they're happier. They're working together. They're solving problems, and they feel better about the role that they were hired to do. And then ultimately, you're like, wow, what, what was I doing this whole time uh, micromanaging? Um, so it works out really well in my experience. And with <clears throat> to keep in the, same, in the same vein with that, when you're getting going and you're in your growth stages, how do you know when, when collaboration means just – Loose collaboration with a mentor, bring on a business partner, hire your first employee. How do you differentiate and know what to do and when to do it? I mean, as far as like hiring the first employee, I think that's <clears throat> that's a little bit easier to figure out because it's just a, it's a workload thing. Once you once you get up to a certain point, you can't do it all yourself. You've got to start bringing people on, or you're just not going to grow. So I think that's that's pretty natural. I think businesses are just they're naturally growing or they're not. And the only way to, to successfully do that is by bringing on people that uh, hopefully are even better than you, certainly better than you in the, in the areas that you're not, you're not good at. And then as far as mentoring or that sort of stuff, I'm always asking for opinions. I think it's just, like I said, I learned at a really young age uh, what having a blind spot can do to you. 
because you get overconfident and you think you know what you're talking about. And I was actually giving people advice on real estate. In hindsight, it was just hilariously uh, bad advice just based on my very limited uh, experience in the industry. So I think uh, learning that lesson made me realize I've got to constantly be seeking mentors and, and advice. And I think I don't think that ever changes. I think that's just a constant. So I don't think there's like some inflection point in your business where you say, oh, I need to go seek out a mentor. It's just like you need to constantly be seeking out mentors, constantly learning things that you don't know and, and constantly finding people that are smarter than you to, to talk to and bounce ideas off of. Where do, you, where do you find them? For me, it's really just been in my, in my friend network. I've been blessed with a lot of good friends, a lot of smart people in business. I enjoy just hanging out with people and making memories. And then they're there for uh, if I have a question or if I say, hey, do you know anybody uh, in this industry that might be able to help? So that's really, I think, too, what I've found is, you know, they say the answer is under your nose. There's some phrase about that. But when I've, when I've had a problem or something that I need help solving, I might spend forever on Google looking around for the solution. And then I realize, oh, yeah, a friend of a friend already had that. Let me just call this guy real quick. And so nine times out of ten, I think most people have the answer to their problems a lot closer than they think. We just sometimes overthink it and make it more complicated than it needs to be. And overthink it as far as trying to do it on your own? Uh, just overthink it as far as, as thinking the, the solution might be more difficult or you got to go find some expert halfway across the world to give you an opinion. I mean, I think, I think like I said, I think most people have a, a good network of people that they can tap into, and, and that's an underutilized resource. And, and besides mentoring, what other resources are out there that you think people should be aware of? or be using? I mean, honestly, like, I don't think it can be stated enough just to read, explore, uh, listen to podcasts. I mean, just soak up everything you possibly can. You're going to, I think when you read a book or you listen to a podcast, the goal isn't to like try to memorize everything in that book and implement it. It's to take a piece of it, take a piece of that podcast, find what resonates with you. And then make it your own. I mean, everybody's got their own path, but you can absorb 100 pieces of information. And then all of a sudden, between your personality and your path, you can, you can make a pretty unique way that, that works out and is successful for you. And what other, as far as for people, if they want a little, a little bit faster growth or to achieve something quicker, not wait until they're 60 to learn it and achieve it, what other advice would you have for that business owner? Well... I mean, I, I'd say there's no, for me, there's no, there's never been a silver bullet. Every time I think I've, I've seen a company or a potential partner or solution out there that looks like it's got a silver bullet, when you peel back the iron curtain, or it's, it's just a lot of hard work. The people that are making it look easier are just working hard. So I don't think there's a, any way to accelerate success in business other than just working hard and learning and absorbing as much knowledge as possible. So I'd, I'd steer people back to just, um, you know, books, podcasts, mentors, and then doing. Don't don't sit on the sideline and get analysis paralysis. Once you once you feel confident enough, uh, pull the trigger. Do it. You're never going to know everything. There's always going to be uncertainty and risk. That's business ownership and entrepreneurship at its core. So at a certain point, you just got to jump off the cliff and go for it. 
And that's where avoiding analysis paralysis comes in? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, people do that all the time. I just see it, and then they'll, they'll 20 years will go by and they haven't pulled the trigger yet. So I always encourage, I mean, I say often, like, uh, do more, think less. I don't want that to be misconstrued into, like, not uh, doing your due diligence, but people do get analysis paralysis, and they never just they never get off the ground. If you're willing to work hard and, and you're willing to commit, you're going to be successful. Like that's, that's been my experience. Like as long as you commit and you work hard, you, you'll be just fine. So once you find out uh, what you want to do or what business you want to start or invest in and you've done your due diligence, pull the trigger, you know, get on, get on with it. Um, so that's what, that's what I usually tell people. That's it really hits home. I'm starting to build online courses and people have been in my orbit for a while that I should have partnered with. And finally it was, it just came down to, okay, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Not to put an online course up. Yeah. yeah. People analyze it. Or I'm going to write a book one day. I'm going to do this. It's the, I was going to, but something happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what other, is there anything else that we didn't cover that's really near and dear to you? I mean, as far as business is concerned, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. It's just all about solving problems and helping people and, and, and then eventually giving back once you've, got some of that experience under your belt. So I think, I mean, I think we covered it and it's, yeah, it's been fun talking for sure. Yeah. And I like give back when you have the experience. It's instead yeah. of trying to give advice before you should be giving advice. Yeah. And I would, I would caveat that with the give back with a dose of humility. Like I said, I learned that at a young age that when I was giving advice after a couple of years in an industry that I had success in because I just got lucky. And then it turned out to be that I didn't really know what the heck I was talking about. So when you, when you do give back, uh, I think it's always based on a lot of experience, hopefully. And even then you're, you're not necessarily right. So it's like, you got to give people advice, mentor them. But again, I always just encourage people to like take everything you learn, whether it's a podcast from me, from books, take what you learn, find what resonates with you and then make it your own, go your own way with it. It doesn't have to be, uh, you don't have to do what everybody says. I think that's a perfect note to end the conversation on. Thank you for the time, Aaron. Yeah, appreciate it, Mark. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.